Or if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 3 for a few moments tonight. I almost called on Brother Jeremy to preach. Matter of fact, I did, and I changed my mind because I was afraid he'd have too much jet lag. And um, I was very tired, so I looked at him and said, I don't think I'm as tired as I, uh, I should be. Um, didn't give up smoking yesterday. I had to smoke a turkey for my family, get up real early, and... Um, some other stuff, and I thought, well, I'll just take a break and let Brother Jeremy preach. We'll have him next Sunday preach, and uh, I want to get this message uh, delivered from my heart, and that is, know your enemy. Know your enemy. You know, Halloween uh, is my least favorite celebration, um, and it's my least favorite time of the year. Because there's nothing glorifies God out of Halloween. Uh, whether you like it or not, that's the truth. Um, now, I know it's all right. Uh, some reason uh, people have a fantasy about dressing up and looking like somebody different. And uh, that's fine and well, as long as it's innocent and wholesome and not devils or demons. Amen. Or witches. I never forget the first time we had a Halloween get together in the storefront. Uh, my wife, no, not my wife. She didn't dress up. I dressed up as a state trooper. Praise God, I dressed up. I mean, I thought I was something, buddy. I got a state trooper's outfit on. I pulled three people over on the way to the fellowship. But the secretary showed up as a witch. And then this man showed up as a woman. And I thought, you know, this just don't feel right. This ain't right. And we ain't got no blinds on this uh, on this glass storefront. And they're going to think we're a bunch of heathens. So I never had another party uh, glorifying <laughs> Halloween. Y'all can do it if you want to. I don't care. I can't follow you home. But um, I tell you what, I appreciate that fellowship yesterday. And we did have some weird looking people show up. But thank God we gave them the gospel. Amen. I mean, dragons, uh, all kinds of people. Amen. And uh, But the devil would like to low rate his being. He wants you to think that he's a, a man in a red outfit with a pitchfork. Amen. That's right. Wearing a mask of all things. And uh, he wants you to, to low rate uh, himself as just some kind of imagination figure. But he's a real enemy. And the sooner you find that out, the better off you'll be. Amen. So I want to preach on know your enemy. And I know that's why the devil is really trying to stop this message uh, today. But I want to preach it anyway and preach it harder than I ever have. Because I want to tell you something. I believe the devil's working overtime in the United States of America, and Brother Jeremy, all around the world. It's wicked out there. And I'm telling you what, it's ungodly. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's distorting and perverting the plan of God for marriage. And uh, I guarantee you, if a baby in the womb could vote, I know who he'd vote for. Say amen right there. I mean, I, I, think, I think if you're carrying a baby right now, some of y'all are, praise God, uh, they, they, that little baby is saying amen right now. He might kick you, praise the Lord, amen, and saying, hey, that's it, you know. And uh, you ask them who they'd vote for, amen. So uh, I'm sorry if I'm making you feel uncomfortable, but you ought to be uncomfortable because I want to tell you something. We ought to be uncomfortable with sin. We ought to be uncomfortable with Satan because he's running a whole lot of lies. And I'll tell you what, our country is in bad shape. Just to have the candidates we have, we're in bad shape. And all the polls say they're going to win Tuesday. Well, I'm praying. And I hope you'll fast with me at least one meal between now and Tuesday. And let's ask God to intervene. And um, I thank God He will. And I'm going to proclaim the victory that was won at Calvary. 
Let's stay in all the Word of God, Genesis chapter 2, verse 25 and following. You don't sometimes break the thought because of the chapter. It says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife. We better back, back up to verse 24. It says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now listen, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Matter of fact, folks, that's the only time you shouldn't be ashamed because of nakedness is a man and a wife. Come on, say amen. And it says, now, continuing thought, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, uh, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat, of it, neither shall ye touch it. And that's a lie. Lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. That's a real lie. And God doth know that in the day that ye, there, that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to desire to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they and they knew not. They knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good weekend we've had. Thank you for the gospel that was handed out yesterday. And thank you, dear God, for the power of the gospel because it's the glorious light that shines, oh God, upon the devilish dark ways of Satan. God, help us to know our enemy. And God, may we be well equipped, and we are, if we'll draw upon it, with the word of God and the spirit to defeat the devil's attack. And we'll praise you and thank you for the help tonight in this warfare called the Christian life. And we'll thank you, dear God, for everyone that's been set, will be set free from the oppression of the devil. And God, we pray for those that's being possessed by the devil. And Lord, they're in public places and they're in high places. God, that you would bind them by the blood of Jesus. And God, that you'd help our nation uh, not believe the lie of Satan. And God, plead the blood of Jesus upon our country, upon our homes, upon our marriages, upon our children, upon our lives. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, you ought to know your enemy. Um, you need to have a strategy. But you need to know, realize that the devil has a strategy. That's where we get the word in Ephesians chapter 6, the wiles of the devil. That really means methodology. Uh, it's, a, it's the method. It's the strategy. An article by General Douglas B. MacArthur entitled, <clears throat> The Prerequisite for Military Success, General MacArthur discussed four <clears throat> such prerequisites. Number one, there must be morale to win <clears throat> and a will to win. <clears throat> a spree de corps, if I might say that. There must be a cause worthy to die for. Amen? Number two, he said, if you're going to have victory, a uh, strategy over the devil <clears throat> or over the, over the enemy, you need to realize this. There must be strength and adequacy, adequately trained 
well-equipped personnel. Number three, to have a prerequisite for military success, there must be an adequate source of supply. Lifelines must be kept open. That's prayer in, in the Christian life, amen? But here's last but not least what he said. And most important, in order to win, an army must have a knowledge of the enemy. An army must have the knowledge of the enemy. The general made that statement. The greater the knowledge of the, of the enemy, the greater potential for victory. And so, folks, listen, with all this watering down about Satan, about demons, about witches, about warlocks, folks, it's real. And, folks, it's not just a game. And it's not just a trick-or-treat. Folks, it is a warfare, and we need to be serious about it. And, folks, we need to realize that the devil has a strategy to ruin your marriage. Soon as marriage was uh, created, Adam came, Eve came to Adam. He said, hey, let's, you'll be one, and you'll uh, uh, complement each other, and you'll have um, uh, oneness. You'll cleave unto the wife, and they shall be one. And, you'll, and, and both were naked, and they're not ashamed. Then it says, now the serpent. Now the serpent. I want to tell you something. The devil will try to drive you crazy. The devil will try to drive you apart. And the devil will try to drive you out of the will of God. And folks, if you put him in the driver's seat, you are in for trouble. If you let him have his will and his way, he'll destroy everything that you ever thought was wholesome. He'll destroy your marriage. He'll destroy your family. He'll destroy your children. And he'll destroy your sanity. We're in a warfare. I can't, uh, I can't uh, uh, emphasize that more, that we are in a warfare. And I want to give you three names of the devil uh, to show his strategy. Number one, the devil's strategy. He's called Satan the deceiver. Satan the deceiver. Folks, he is a liar. John 8, 44. You got it back there? Satan the deceiver. Um, folks, he, he's, his target is your mind. His target is your mind. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. Turn there with me, please. 2 Corinthians chapter... Okay, it's not on the back wall. That's okay. Amen. I got it right here. Uh, I'm just glad y'all got it. Amen. I never thought I'd like this on the wall while I preach, but it helps people at home to stay focused. Amen. You shouldn't go in and out the room if you're watching a home on TV. You shouldn't be chewing gum. You shouldn't you'd be sitting upright. All of you ought to have your suits on, your best dress on. Praise God. And you know something? That's a joke. Y'all, some of y'all listening in your pajamas right now. I guarantee you are. If I was home, that's the way I'd be listening. But just listen. Amen. Look at it. Second Corinthians chapter, uh, uh, let's see, where am I going? Uh, chapter uh, um, 2. Let's go to 2 first. Second Corinthians chapter 2. Okay? Real quick. And I'll try to be brief because I feel brief, but it, that don't mean I'll be brief. But look at this. Second Corinthians, sometimes the tired I am, the, long wind, the more I talk. But anyway, I'll try not to get in the way. Verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, you with me? It says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant of his devices. I want to tell you something, friend. The Lord's word puts a light on the devil. Amen? And I want to tell you something, friend. We should not be deceived. And so the first title that I want to give you tonight is that, uh, and it's a tool of the devil, is that he is a uh, his strategy is to deceive. He is the father of all lies. You're never more like the devil than when you lie. This is where God communicates with you and reveals the will of God to you, your mind. The battlefield is the mind. 
If Satan can get you to believe a lie, he's got you right where he wants you. He'll lead you into sin. Number two, Satan's weapon. Satan's weapon is, is definitely lies. Genesis chapter 3, we see it very clearly. The devil said, yea, hath God said. Folks, he tries to risk the scriptures. Some little fellow came to me today and said, I recently went to a Southern Baptist church, and he said, the, the word was weak. I said, praise God, he knows the difference, say amen. He said, the word was weak, it was shallow, it was kind of contemporary. I'll tell you what it was, it's the wrong version, praise God. It's weak as water. I went to a funeral up here at Doug Gap Baptist Church. Um, Brother Bill Wilbanks, I believe it was his funeral. I believe it was up there. And uh, man, the guy got up there and he started reading John chapter uh, 14 and said, in my father's house are many apartments. If it's not told, I'd go to, to I said, What? apartments, praise God, there ain't going to be no apartments in heaven. It's, it's, it's mansions, say amen, apartments. Good gracious life, what a weak, and you know something? The whole message was weak. There was no power in it. I want to tell you something, folks, there's not power in man's word, there's power in God's word. If the devil can do anything, he'll try to get a hold of your mind. He'll try to water it down. He'll try to risk the scriptures and twist the scriptures and pervert the scriptures. So we see Number one, Satan's target is your mind. Satan's weapon is lies. And third of all, Satan's purpose. Satan's purpose is to make you ignorant of God's will. It's illustrated very carefully in Genesis chapter 3. We see in verse 1, it said, Yea, it God said. Verse 3, it says, But the fruit of the tree which the, in the midst of the garden God said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Where did God say that? In Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, he said you couldn't eat of it. He didn't say anything about touching it. See, the devil's a master at this, making God look like some marine sergeant that's trying to ruin your life. He's a heavenly father that wants to give you life, amen? He's not holding out on you. He's not trying to make life hard on you. He's trying to help you. He's trying to deliver you from the wage of sin and the, and the, and the sorrow of sin and the season of sin. He makes God sound unreasonable unreasonable. Yea, hath God said, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Every tree. Didn't say that. He said that tree. The tree of life. And then he, then it plainly lies in verse 4. He says, and the serpent said to the woman, ye shall not surely die. That's a lie. The ways of sin is death. Folks, you are going to die. And you'll die spiritually if you don't get saved and receive the advocate. Thank God, the one that was lifted up. Amen. Folks, it's plainly a lie, verse 4. Then verse 5, he does a half-truth. He says this, For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. That's the, that's the half of the truth. But then he says, Ye shall as God know, know good and evil. That's another half-truth. He didn't say they'd experience the evil, but they did, and they died. And folks, I want you to know, half-truths, you better watch out. You might get the wrong truth. It was true, but I want to tell you something. He didn't, they didn't show him the end of sin. See, the devil always shows you the front yard of sin, but never shows you the backyard of sin. The devil shows you the first chapter of sin, but never shows you the last chapter of sin. The devil shows you the bright lights of sin, but never shows you in the darkness of sin. The devil promises uh, uh, glamour and, and highlights your life. And uh, folks, you think you're going to be rich and famous, and you end up broke like old Alverson was, praise God, or is. And folks, you can't even pay attention. You're so broke. You have millions of dollars playing basketball. Folks, listen. He appealed to the lust of the flesh. 
the pride of life and the lust of the eyes. Look at verse 6. It says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave it also to her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. The devil came to Eve, and he got Adam, and he said, Hey, listen, in verse 6, you'll be your own gods. He appealed to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the, the, lust of the, of the flesh, and the pride of life. There it is. That's a strategy he uses all the time. And folks, your defense, your defense is the inspired word of God. Amen? Matthew chapter 4, he said, it is written when the devil attacked him. Folks, we need to pull the sword on him, and the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. Psalms 119 verse 11 says, the word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalms 105 says, it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Folks, I want to tell you something. You want to shed light on the devil's lies? You need the sword of the Spirit to divide asunder the thoughts and intents of your heart. You need to know the Word of God, memorize the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God, and then use it militantly against the devil. And walk in the light as he's in the light. Have fellowship one with another because the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Thank God he's a liar. And we got the truth. Amen? We got the truth. And then I want you to see something second of all, uh, the tools of the devil. Uh, before we even get to uh, point point two, the devil will use many things to try to, to get your life. It's probably too small for you to see, but just think about it. He uses deception. He uses doubt. He uses discouragement. He uses defeat. He uses drugs. The devil's tools, drugs. He can get you drugged up. You do all kinds of junk, things you'd never imagine. Drunkenness, depression, division, disagreement, distrust, darkness, disruption. Uh, disturbance, despise, dilute, depart, disapprove, difficulties, defame. He'll use his uh, denouncing, defile, distractions, divert, detour you. He's the world's best detour artist. He destroys, he has demons, he's despaired, discord, death. All these are exposed and defeated by the light of the word. The light of the word. Put the light on the enemy. Put the light. Don't stay in the darkness. Then second of all, real quick, Satan's a destroyer. Once you turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, he's a destroyer. Not only he's a deceiver, but he's a destroyer. Now look at this. Don't expect some kind of distraction here because the devil is going to try. But I'm going to keep on preaching. 1 Peter chapter 5. My mind's playing tricks on me right now. I guarantee it is. That's not, that's not hard, is it, when you get your age? No, it's not. And I'm going to tell you something. The devil fights a message revealing himself. So please pray for me. So look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. It says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. I want to tell you something. The greatest way to get out of the will of God is stop submitting to a spiritual authority. And the spiritual authority is the Word of God. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with what? Humility. For God resists the proud and give us grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Listen now. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Be sober. That means serious minded. Be vigilant because your adversary, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Look at verse 9. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. 
knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So the second title that I want to bring out is Satan is a destroyer. Satan's target is your body. He, listen, I want to tell you something, folks. He wants to destroy your health. He wants to destroy your body. A certain a serpent is, uh, is deceives as a lion. Or is a serp, uh, he's like a serpent. He deceives. He's like a lion. He tries to destroy. He, we believe the lies, then he'll destroy our, ourselves. But if we resist into, uh, his deceit, then he'll attack our body. Job was attacked by Satan. Job was attacked. He lost the fruit of his body, his children. He lost the means to sustain his body, his flocks and herds. He lost the health of his body, disease. But he could not touch Job's soul. Amen? I believe in eternal life, don't you? And so why does God attack your body? I'll tell you why. Because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is a tool that God wants to use. It's a treasure of the eternal Spirit of God. And folks, it's God's testing ground. It's God's testing ground. You can become a castaway if you don't buffet the, 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 the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. Your body is important to God as God's children. And you must realize that God wants you to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Satan's weapon, suffering. Suffering. I want to tell you something, folks. God allows Satan sometimes to put some suffering on you like he did Job. And I want to tell you something, friend. His goal is to make you, his purpose is to make you uh, impatient with the will of God. Impatient with the will of God. Your defense, praise God, is the imparted grace of God. That's your defense. Hey, your defense is the Word of God. And your defense, you know, when He attacks your body and your health, your mind is the grace of God. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 7 and 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 7 and 8, real quick. I love this passage of Scripture, don't you? Praise God. I'm going to tell you something. This will encourage anyone that will just read it and meditate on it, and it's a blessing. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible says in verse 7, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan. Thorn in the flesh, messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord twice, that he might depart from me. He asked God to heal him three times. And he said unto me, no, no, he didn't say that. He said, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then God changed Paul's prayer, and he said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, that's body, bodily attack, in reproaches, in necessity, in persecution, in distress for Christ's sake. When I am weak, that's body that's health, then I'm, I am strong. Folks, wonder if Paul would have got discouraged and quit. wonder if Paul had got discouraged and, and just threw in the towel because he suffered so much. And he suffered at the hand of his own people. But folks, he had the abundant grace of God. 
the sufficient grace of God, the sustaining grace of God, the strengthening grace of God. Thank God for His amazing grace that saves you, but thank God for the amazing grace that sustains you from the attack of hell. Satan wants to destroy your mind. He wants to destroy your body. And folks, he has many weapons, but his weapon is suffering. Suffering. It can be mental suffering, emotional suffering, physical suffering. I want to tell you something. You're vulnerable when you're sick. You're vulnerable when you're weak. You're vulnerable in the Bible days when they persecuted and beat the hound out of them and put them in jail. You get vulnerable. Folks, some of the greatest missionaries, like Judson, was in prison year after year after year away from his family. His wife died while he was in prison. He had to go get out of prison and take his baby and bribe the jailer to go door to door to nursing Burmese mamas and get some nourishment for his baby or the baby would have died. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but I'd have been tempted by Satan to say this ain't working out. This is not a good day. This is not enjoyable. This is not fun. This is not uh, uh, something I, I thought would be thrilling in the Christian life. And give up. And don't you pass judgment on anybody else because you know you've been there and you've done that. And there's been sometimes because of weakness, because of sickness, because of emotional and mental fatigue that you hadn't drawn upon the grace of God, but you wanted to quit. Amen. I bet you, I, I, I bet, I don't bet. I guarantee you everybody in this room has been tempted to quit one time or another. Come on. The devil's a master at discouragement. He's a discourager. He'll try to discourage you right now. But you don't need to be discouraged. You need to be encouraged because God is still on the throne and you have the imparted, you have the inspired word of God. Number two, you have the imparted grace of God. Last but not least, told you it wouldn't be long. At this point, it might last an hour. No, it won't. Satan is a ruler. Satan is a ruler. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 31. John chapter 12 and verse 31, real quick. The Bible says this. Y'all listening so well on this time change Sunday. It's hard to preach people on time change Sunday. Y'all already think it's 7.53 instead of 6.53. That's what your biological clock says. How many woke up the same time? this morning, amen, because your biological clock, some of your biological clocks went on strike, you don't know what time it is, amen, but you know, some people have biological clocks, how many just get up automatically at the same time, anybody crazy like me, okay, praise the Lord, unless you stay up all night worrying about something, come on now, been there, done that, where am I at, John 12 what, 31, just want to see if you're listening, the Bible says now the judge, the judgment of this world, now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Now, folks, listen. The devil is the prince and power of the air. Satan's target is your will. Satan's target is your will, uh, folks, and his, his weapon is pride. Now, I want to tell you this. Go to, go to Isaiah while I'm saying it. Isaiah chapter 14, I believe it is. Yes. What got the devil kicked out of heaven? What got the devil kicked out of heaven? Well, here's the story about the devil getting kicked out of heaven. He was the song leader of heaven. I said he was the song leader of heaven. He's putting his, ma he's putting his mask back on now, amen. He was the song leader of heaven. I want to tell you something. Musical people can be, be touchy. I've, I've heard churches get split over music. Now, Brother Randy's not that way, praise God. 
He has been so easy to work with. I haven't been that easy to work with, but he's been great to work with. And folks, he, he's just here to glorify God, not himself. There's some people that get talent and it goes straight to their head. I mean, you ever seen that? I mean, they just think they're God's gift to the church. And you know, some of you ain't got the power of God, the humility of God to realize that only if you've got a voice halfway uh, good and you've got a talent halfway good, it's only God's grace. You don't compare yourself to somebody else. Folks, it's God's grace. But look at look how he got kicked out of heaven. Verse 12, Isaiah 14. Now art how art thou fallen from the heaven, O Lucifer? That's the devil. Son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. You're out, buddy. That's exactly what got him kicked out of heaven, and that's exactly what you kicked out of heavenly power, peace, and purpose. Pride. Pride. Satan's target is your will. You're saved by saying, I will. I will give my life, but you grow saying, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Some people think that uh, Christian love is just a feeling, but I want to tell you something, it's a willing. We're commanded to love God whether we feel like it or not. And let me say this, we're commanded to love others whether we feel like it or not. Come on, there's the test. Well, I just don't feel like loving them because they don't make me feel good when I'm around them. Folks, the Bible says you ought to love them anyway. And Satan's weapon is pride. David committed a terrible sin of adultery, murder. Four people died. Many blasphemed the Lord. But there was greater sin recorded in the Bible. In 2 Chronicles, the sin of pride, he started numbering the people. And 70,000 people were struck dead. Of the prideful sin. The sin of pride. And I want to tell you something, friend. He even tempted Eve, said, you shall be as a God. He even tempted Jesus, said, hey, listen, I will give thee all the kingdoms, Matthew chapter 4. And he said, get behind me, Satan. It is written. It is written. And folks, the inflated eagle of David caused him to take Bathsheba, caused him to commit adultery. Folks, pride is Satan's chief weapon besides the school. If he can't give you a flat tire, He'll get in the passenger seat, seat and press the gas to the floor and say, aren't we flying now? And folks, I want to tell you something. Pride is a killer of spiritual power and it's spiritual presence. Thank God, folks, we need to realize we cannot handle the devil. Folks, you are prideful if you think you pray enough. You're prideful if you think you come to church enough. You're probably, if you think you'd read the Word of God enough to defeat Satan, I'm going to tell you something, friend. God is enough. God's grace is enough. But we cannot get off our knees as an independent Baptist and be independent of God's will. God's will. Let me just say this in closing. i got two minutes, plus a little, overtime. The devil is not a fool. Can somebody say amen? He's crafty. He's subtle. He's wise. He's more powerful than you. And I want to tell you what he'll do. He will not come to you. Boys, on the mission field, 
and say, do the devil's will. Because you'd never do that, would you? No, sir, you wouldn't do the devil's will. But he, he don't come to you and say, hey, do my will. I'll tell you how he gets you. He says, just go ahead and do your will. See, I will is the death sentence to being in the will of God. The devil gives you many alternatives. Hey, the devil has multifaceted temptation. If he can't get you here, he'll get you here. He'll try to get you here. It's like these car dealerships. They have all these choices. Same GMs, but man, they make Buick and Chevrolet and GMC, and they give you all these choices. Cadillac, I don't know if they all make the same one, but anyway. Uh, the, you know the illustration. The illustration is this. The devil wants to give you many choices, and it's under one category. I will. I will will make you miserable. I will will get you out of God's will. And I will will make you vulnerable to the devil's pride. And you will try to operate as an independent, fundamental Baptist. You're not an independent Baptist. You are a dependent Baptist. You need to submit to God. You need every morning get up and say, Devil, get behind me, and you ought to confess to God, I can't handle him. Would you please go to the door? Because I believe he's knocking on my heart's door. I believe he's tempting me to do today my will, my will. I want what I want. See, a lot of times Christians are just spoiled brats. They want their will, and they want it now, and if they don't get it, they pout. You should never let your children pout. That's a no-no, amen, because then they grow up and be pitiful teenagers and pitiful adults because they just don't get out of it. They're always pouting. Don't ever give your child something that, that he pouts about or he screams and cries about. That's the time you all draw lines that you ain't getting it until you sober up. I mean, until you, till you, till you uh, uh, say it without crying and yelling and screaming. But, oh, what do we do? Oh, I'll give in to it. What do you want? You want to you car it? 14 years of age, okay, there you go. Just please be quiet. Well, that's bribery. Parents, you're not the best friend. You're the parents. And folks, I want to tell you something. There ought to be some discipline and boundaries of love. And folks, it's not their will. It's God's will. It's God's will. Folks, Satan can get you to act and think independently of God's will. He'll control your life. And folks, he doesn't say, do my will. He says, do your own will. Neglect of prayer is saying you're full of pride. Lack of faith is fatal. Acting freely and actually under the orders of Satan when you're deceived, thinking you can make it without God's Word every day. The will of God is the most important thing in the believer's life. And as a deceiver, Satan seeks to make you ignorant of God's Word. As a destroyer, he wants to make you impatient with God's will. But I want to tell you something, as a ruler, he wants to make you independent of God's will. But let me just say this in closing. Your defense is the indwelling Spirit of God. Let me say this. I know y'all tired, y'all sleepy. Some of y'all resting so good I hate to wake you up. But I, I, listen, listen, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. The Spirit of God is greater than the Spirit of Antichrist. The Spirit of God is greater than the Spirit of selfishness. The Spirit of God is greater than the Spirit of Satan. I'm so glad that I'm indwelled 
and I can be filled with the power of God and only God, the Holy Spirit, working in me can control my selfish will and enable me to please God and defeat Satan. Know your enemy. He's a ruler. He's a deceiver. Folks, I want to tell you something. He will deceive you into thinking that you can make without him, and he's a destroyer. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your sanity. He wants to destroy your joy. And most important of all, he wants to destroy your testimony. And I've seen many, hadn't you? I've seen many. It's given into I will. I'll never forget, we used to have a guy named William Pennell come here and preach. And I'm going to tell you something, he was the most profound preacher I ever heard in my life. I mean, when he spoke, you was on the edge of your seat. And then you went back down. You went back on the edge of the seat. He had the most great, great, greatest illustration I ever heard in my life. He preached the Word of God. He had power. He was written up in the sword of the Lord. I mean, folks, it was amazing how this guy could speak. I got so excited about it. I said, we want you every year for our spring Bible conference. We don't even have that now. And boy, he said, oh, I'll try to come, you know. One time he got offended because we, we gave him such a low love offering. It was in the storefront. We couldn't hardly afford to have any guest speaker. He got offended about it and told everybody about it. I knew something was wrong with him then. And I want to tell you what that man did. While he was preaching the national conference, he was watching pornography. Then the pornography got so aggressive, he started inviting prostitutes to his room while he was preaching the Sword of the Lord conference. It wrecked his home. The fastest growing church in, in Decatur, Georgia, Forest Hills Baptist Church, went down to nothing. They called me to come preach on a Sunday night. I preached, and there was his mother sitting there. There was a member over there, and about there, the seat seated uh, 2,000 people in that auditorium. There's about 65 people there, and all of them were mourning. All of them were disgraced. All of them were sad. I, pr I prayed and asked God to give me the message and wanted me to preach, and I preached, and then I invited Brother Lou Rossi. They said, you got a recommendation. I got a recommendation. The next week, Brother Lou Rossi showed up. He preached on Sunday night. He preached with so much power. They had him on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then he took the church. He has never forgiven me for that. He took the church at my recommendation and pastored there seven years. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. The church was full of adultery. It was full of wickedness. Because I'm going to tell you something. The devil deceived a great orator. The devil deceived a great preacher into saying, I don't need God. And I believe where he went wrong was one morning he got up and says, I got five sermons I can impress anybody with. I don't need to have my personal devotions. I don't need to memorize scripture anymore. I don't need to pray anymore. I don't need to walk with God. I don't need to confess my sin. I don't need to abstain from the appearance of you. I don't need to put a coat over the TV that I can't handle the pornography. I don't need that. I can handle it. And he fell into terrible sin. And that church today, Forest Hills Baptist Church, does not exist. Fastest growing church in America. Fastest growing top ten Sunday schools in America. And they had to consolidate with Stone Mountain Baptist Church just to exist. It doesn't even exist. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Sin will cost you more than you want to pay. It'll keep you longer. And I want to tell you something. It'll hurt you and hurt others more than you ever want to pay. And it all starts with the deceiver. 
the destroyer and the ruler using his little tools. So praise God for the indwelling Spirit of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the warning tonight. We thank you that we have the defense. We thank you we know how the devil works and his wiles, his, his targets. And God, may we keep our minds pure. May we keep our bodies yielded. And may we, dear God, keep our wills submitted to Thee. And may we have the defense in our life of the inspired Word of God, the imparted grace of God, and praise God, the indwelling Spirit of God in our lives. And we'll thank You for the victory. With every head bowed and every eye closed, don't you ever think you don't need church. Don't you ever think you don't need the Word of God every day. Don't you think, don't you think that you can handle the devil because you can't. Don't underestimate the enemy. How many say, preacher, tonight the devil sure has been attacking. But I want to just claim God's presence and God's word in my life to have the victory for tomorrow and even for tonight. Would you just lift your hand high for prayer all, all of this place. God bless you. Father, thank you. Thank you for exposing the devil. The, the Lord's tried to, uh, tried to lay this message on my heart all week and and, I, and, I, and the devil's tried to talk me out of it. And God, I believe it was the perfect will of God that I preach it. And God, for all those listening by way of internet, speak to their hearts as they sit in their living rooms or they're traveling or wherever they might be. And God, help our church. Help our church not be a casualty field, a divided place. God, one that bickers and fusses and fights. and God, and, and people quitting left and right, but God, help it to be fruitful as it been in the past few weeks. God, send laborers to our, to our flock. Send leaders. God, send your Holy Spirit for revival. God, yield. Help us to yield to you and never, never trust ourselves. But God, lean on your holy name, your holy word, and your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray.